we flounder because we think our purpose and our destiny is a destination. And the truth is that our purpose and our destiny is not a destination, but it's a journey. You see, it's who we are. Our destiny is a journey that is exciting, adventurous, and full of God's power and miracles and faith. In today's broadcast of Living Strong with Micah Corona, Pastor Micah reviews 1 Thessalonians to illustrate how to become the person Jesus asked us to be. Today, we're talking about four ways to know that you are walking in the purposes of God. So I'm excited about that. Then last week, we talked about three reasons why we can't discern God's will. Three reasons, three blockages of, God, of understanding God's will. And so Paul said, first of all, it's because we're conformed to the will to the world. There's sin in our life. Number two, we're not diligent to renew our mind or lack of repetition of the word of God. And then also we're avoiding testing. And we're trying to avoid the tests and the trials that actually produce strength and ability to hear God. And so Paul talked about how to overcome these obstacles. What if you're still not sure of your purpose? Or maybe you know your purpose, but you're still not sure exactly what the next moves are. Or specifics like, where am I at? And there, there are all kinds of context around us that we're trying to interpret if we're in the will of God or not. Maybe we think that we are, but we're really not sure. And we just need help interpreting what all the signs and the signals that are around us, what that means. Are we in the will of God? Are we really fulfilling our purpose? And how do we interpret if we are in God's perfect will for our lives? There's a story about a guy who was delivering penguins to a zoo and his truck broke down. So he pulls off to the side of the road and another truck pulls in behind him to help him. And so he tells him, look, I've got these penguins and I've got to get them to the zoo and I'll give you $500 to get them to the zoo. So the other driver agreed and he took the $500. He loaded up all the penguins and he drove off. And so the, after the original truck driver got his truck running and fixed, he pulled out onto the road. And when he got close to the zoo, he pulled up to a stoplight. And here's this guy that he paid $500 with all of these penguins crossing the street. So he jumps out and he, and he asks him, look, what is this? I gave you $500 to take the penguins to the zoo. What's going on? And the guy said, yeah, we went to the zoo and we had a blast. So now we're going to the movies. <laughs> I think sometimes we don't fully understand what it is that God is telling us. And I think our purpose ha- is, is along those lines. So a lot of times we're not actually aware that we're already there if we don't understand the destination. And one of the things that call, the, the causes of that insecurity of not understanding if we're in the will of God, I think many times we flounder because we think our purpose and our destiny is a destination. And the truth is that our purpose and our destiny is not what we do. It's not a destination, but it's a journey. You see, it's who we are. And Sometimes we're not able to interpret exactly what purpose is in God's eyes. Sometimes we get things wrong. But the good news is that Paul, the Apostle Paul, lays out four aspects of this journey that we call destiny or purpose in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And so we're going to go there. He lays out four ways that you can determine, are you on the right journey? Are you walking in your purpose? 
And if you're not, he gives us very clear instructions on how to get on that path. And so knowing your purpose is the key to knowing that you're looking at life in the right perspective. You see, when you know what you're there for, there's a whole lot more you can handle. By the way of obstacles that come up in your way, you have a different way of seeing. You have a different power in which you have to handle them when you can see the end at the beginning. And so something as benign as cleaning my garage. So halfway through, I'm exhausted and, I, and there's this temptation to just shove it all back in the garage, just like it was when I put it out because I had this grandiose idea of parking in my garage. Silly me. But I have to step back and remember what was the vision and what was the idea that started me on? Like, why did I do this? Always go back to the why when things get tiring. It'll always give you new perspective on how to accomplish your perspective. And when there's a purpose, you change your objective and it gives you power. And so that's what I see here in this letter to the Thessalonians. You see, they're going through something very difficult. They're going through something very inconvenient. And Paul understands that they might be tempted, as we all are, to interpret that adversity as evidence that they had done something wrong. And we need help to interpret the difficulties that we face in this life. Sometimes the pain that we go through in this life, we need an interpreter to help that. And so, so this is what Paul does in First Thessalonians. And so the first one is, and you can write this down, is adversity uh, or learning in adversity. When difficulty, hardships, fiery trials come to us, We've got to interpret that somehow. And here's how Paul told these, these Christians to interpret hardship. It says, therefore, when we can no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. And we sent Timothy. Now, if you're reading the King James Version, it says Timotheus for some reason. I don't know if that was like, you know, that's like a mean thing that Paul was saying to him anyway. Timotheus, our brother and minister of God. And our, it just sounds fun to say, Timotheus. I'm gonna say that for the rest of the time, Timotheus. <laughs> Verse three, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions because you yourself know that you are appointed to this. See, that word appointed is a key word. It, it would be used by city planners when they were picking a location to build a city. So they were appointed to this. So if you've driven around, you see the surveyors with the orange vests and the tripods and the equipment. See, they're surveying before a road goes in or before water mains or power lines are in. They need to know the, the elevation and where the water pipes are. And they need to know all this before anything can happen. So what Paul's saying is that you know we are appointed to this. Why? Because we're a city on a hill. It's like God picked for us to shine brightly in this world. He, and, and as he did that, he was planning, he was understanding that difficulties would come. Because God told Timothy, watch this. He says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus might suffer persecution. Am I preaching the truth? Nope. Will suffer persecution. There's no question it's just a matter of when. And the devil hopes that you're going to throw in the towel just because life got a little bit hard. I thought life, God was for me. I thought he was a good God. I thought, 
And it's not so much that you're probably going to cash in on trusting Jesus. It's just that we're never going to put ourselves out there again if we do that. Did, you know, maybe we get hurt. The devil won't leave us alone as long as we stay lukewarm. But as soon as we get out there and start sharing Jesus and start sharing our church and sacrificing and stepping out of our comfort zone and living this life that we have been called to live, then he's going to try and stop you. See, God's plan, though, is that we shouldn't be destroyed by our trial, but that we should learn from them. See, he doesn't want you destroyed by it. He wants you deepened by it. In fact, Peter put it this way. He said that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, what's he comparing fiery trials to? He's comparing them to the gold smelter that would melt away the dross, the impurities that would make that gold really high carat, that would make it very, very valuable, that they would have to heat it up to make it better. So in the things that the devil brings to us, God's intention is to turn around for good, is that it would deepen us. It would purify us. That if all the impurities would be melted away that we would be more trusting of him fully. That his, see, his intention is to deepen us, not destroy us. Warren Wiersbe put it this way. He said, the trials that we face are not accidents. They are appointments. It's interesting. So here's the second thing. So love, to be loving, to be tender and affectionate. And if you're loving, You'll let people in. You'll let down that stony facade um, and give your life to people, even knowing at times that that might equal pain, that our our hearts might be broken. Paul uh, was a loving and affectionate guy. And I think that this is the amazing picture of a man or a woman of God should be, is somebody who is tough as nails when they need to be, but also can be tender and loving. And Paul exemplifies this exactly. Like, there are some times that he's just a drill sergeant, you know, and he's like, Timotheus, yes, I'm going to keep saying Timotheus. (laughs) Nobody serving in a war is entangled in the life of the world that they're in. And so sometimes he's like, whoa, it's like Maximus. He's, and then the next time he turns around, he's like, hey, I'm like a mom that breastfeeds a baby. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. What? But he understood the right tool for the right situation. And he understood this tenderness and he was affectionate and loving. And sometimes he would say, look, I want to be with you. I'm really concerned about you. I, I love you. And especially in times of affliction, he would ramp up that love and that tenderness. Why? Because that's what family's for. And so when you're on a journey to your destiny, you're not only learning from your adversity, but you're on that road of loving people. It's like when we burn our finger, every part of our body knows about it, right? And so we've got to be that for each other, that we would be affectionate and care for one another and be tenderhearted and forgiving. Are we on that journey? Are we on that road to our destiny? God forgave us. We need to forgive each other. Proverbs 17, 17 says, we, a brother is born for adversity. We're here to love and be affectionate to each other when we're really going through adversity. And here's the cool part about it is that when you are loving and affectionate to somebody who's in a difficult situation, your love 
for them and, and to them in their affliction can actually boost your morale no matter what your condition is. Let me say that again. Your tender love and affection when somebody is going through a serious affliction can actually boost your morale no matter your condition or what you're going through. So how does this work? Look, or how does this work? So verse seven says, therefore, brethren, in all affliction. Now remember, he's going through it too, but he wrote to encourage this church while he's going through his own affliction. In all of our affliction and our distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith, which he sent Timotheus to bolster and to build up. He he sent him to encourage them and to build them up. Meanwhile, Paul is getting hammered where he's at. But Timothy comes back and says, hey, they're all doing really good. I encourage them just like you told me to. And Paul says, I am doing better now. In fact, in the next verse, he says it's this way. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Directly from the Greek, that means this. We can finally breathe again. Meaning the whole time, that not knowing how the Thessalonians were doing, we were concerned. Why? Because he had so entangled his heart with them. Knowing that it could end badly for him. He could get his heart broken, but he still let his heart get wound up to the extent that he could say, listen, you guys are my glory. You guys are my joy. And so knowing that you're doing well, I'm actually doing good. Are we on the journey of loving? I love what G.K. Chestering said. How much larger would your life be if yourself could be smaller in it? It's good. I like that. We're often tempted to hunker down and only care about ourselves when we're hurting. But that is the time when we most need to affectionately care for somebody else. Because as we do that, it gives us something to occupy our time. It gives us something to get our mind out of our own head and our own stink. And while, while you're busy caring about them, God is busy stitching your heart back together and stitching your heart to them. Because so often we can't do anything to fix our own situation. We can't do anything to change the stuff that we're going through. It's a matter of going through it. And, but when we encounter something else that we can positively impact and lift their head up a little bit and even just to help them feel a little bit better by praying for them and speaking to God on their behalf, then even though we can't maybe change our own situation at the time, we can help by helping somebody else. The world needs to get bigger by caring for ourselves just a little bit less. So here's the third thing, is growing. Are we on the road of growing? Salvation is not the finish line. It's the starting line. Everything that you'll ever do, everything that you'll ever need, ever want in a crisis situation is already in you at salvation. But it has to get unpacked. It has to get lived out. It has to grow. It has to be activated on. It's like a glow stick, right? All the light is in there, but you have to activate it by snapping it. See, when you got saved, you have the righteousness of Christ, the Holy Spirit, your total inheritance, everything that you'll ever need is in you when you get saved. But how much of it you are appropriating at any moment, enjoying, utilizing, benefiting from, that has everything to do with how much you're willing to step out and grow. And so in that sense, we have to grow in our relationship with God. And I see Paul talking about that in his prayer. Check this out. In verse 12, he says, 
And this is another translation, but it says, may the Lord make your love, and everybody say it, grow. May it be like a rising flood. Paul said like the progress should be evident, that they should be growing in grace. Now remember, this is a church that's doing really well. I mean, he told them in the first chapter that, hey, I've got a really hard time finding somebody that hasn't got saved by you guys. He was like, like, it was almost like he was mad. It was like, could you like leave one unsaved person for me? It's like, it's ridiculous. There's not a guy or a girl in Greece that doesn't know about Jesus because of how you're living. It's ringing out from you. And, and may it be so in living word, amen? And so they're cracking, he's cracking down on them. So why? Well, if a coach finds somebody running a six-minute mile, they don't treat them as the same running the nine-minute mile. They're going to be harder on the person that's making more progress because they know there's more in them. So Paul is like ratcheting down even more, even more progress, even more growth. We want you to grow more. And so they're like the ones that are reaching all of Greece. So they're the ones that he's going to go to to try to reach the rest of Europe. It's like he wouldn't go to the church that's not reaching anybody. So the people that God is going to give the greater opportunity are the people that are doing great with what they already have. So see, progress should be made. Growth should happen. And your growth and my growth is entirely up to us. It's 100% up to us. God wants us to grow. Proverbs 4.18 says this says, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. See, there's never a day that we're allowed to say, we've made it, we were there, I'm at my destiny, until the perfect day when we're in heaven. So it doesn't matter what we did yesterday. It doesn't matter what we did last week. Ever brighter now, ever brighter now. We trust him more. We can reach out more. We can fight a little bit harder. We can believe a little bit bigger for more lives to be changed in our community, for more people far from Christ to come and to know him here at Living Word. That's what he's saying. Ever brighter growth. That's the third thing. Join Pastor Micah Sundays in person at 9 or 11 a.m. at Living Word Family Church in Wake Forest. Visit us at livingstrongradio.com. That's living spelled with an I-N-G, strongradio.com. And now, back to Pastor Micah. So the fourth thing is simply giving. Giving. Check this out. Not only were we born into something, but we were born so that others could be born into something as well. See, the purpose behind birth is reproduction. You see, we were born ultimately to reproduce. And every seed is that way, right? I'm kind of mixing metaphors a little bit, but seeds that fall from trees, the purpose is more trees and then more fruit and more seeds and more trees. And we were not born, let me say it this way, we were not born again as an end unto ourselves, but as, a, but as a beginning for someone else. You see, reproduction is the ultimate outcome of every birth. It's the way it should always be. And we see that here in the text. Well, where do you find that, Micah? Check out verse 10. He says, look, if I could come, I want to come and help perfect what's lacking in your faith. 
And you know what that, that word perfect, you know what that means? That means it's intentional. Perfect is a word in the Greek and it, and it means to mend a fishing net. They used it for that term. Literally, if you translate it from the Greek, you can put it this way, to fill in the gaps. I want to fill in the gaps in what is lacking is what he's saying. But at, so as you fish, like if you fish with a net and there's a gap in it, the fish are going to get through it. It's not going to get caught. But as we are fishers of men following Jesus, who fishes for the souls of men and women, we grow in progress. You see, the mark of our progress is not Bible knowledge, belt notches in our belt. It's not Christian bumper stickers accumulated. The mark of progress is evangelistic passion. You see, you know you're like Jesus when, when you're growing in zeal, when you're casting out nets and stitching them up so that you can keep on catching and keep on reaching and that you have a generous spirit that knows that your salvation was given to you and you didn't earn it. And what right do we have to let it stop with us? How can we not keep fighting for more people to hear the precious name of Jesus who saved us? We are stewards of the gospel. We are not owners of it. We're stewards of it. And we'll be held accountable for what we did with it. And so with a generous spirit, a giving spirit, we, we, we've got to give, we'll give finances, we'll volunteer, we'll witness. And the more that we volunteer and the more that we witness and the more that we give, the more lives can grow. Generous. Proverbs puts it this way. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Are we generous? Are we giving? How good is it to get to know Jesus? How good is it to know the sound of that name that's above every name? This, that sound, the sound of the name that calls mountains to shake and move and demons to tremble. The name that is the only name by which people can be saved. We've got that name. And we've got to share that name. We were born to do this. That's what we were born to do. And so I just want to encourage you that this life, the purpose of God in this life is not a destination. Your destiny is not a destination. It's a journey. And it's supposed to be a journey that is exciting and adventurous and full of God's power and miracles and faith But you see, we are learning and loving and growing and giving. And it is a movement. It's a a movement from point A to point B. It's not a destination where we have learned or we have loved or we have grown or we have given. And I truly believe that one day, if we'll stay on this track, that we'll raise up our head from, from being all these things and just realize, wow, We're where we're supposed to be. We are in our destiny. We are accomplishing our purpose because it's not about us. We learned that. It's not about a destination. It's about following Jesus, doing what he asks us to do. But even more important than that is being who he asked us to be. And so as you and I get to a point to where we realize, wow, we are walking in God's purpose. I'm telling you that people's lives that are far from God 
will become closer and closer because of the example that we set for them in the community that we live. There are people in your life. There are people that walk through the doors of this church every single week. There are people that God has placed in our communities around us strategically that need him that are hungry for him. And he has placed us in this place in order to be a light, that light on a hill to them. And so I'm excited that you're excited about finding out what your purpose and your destiny is. And ultimately, listen, I think the flaw in in the church today is that we're all looking for that specific, what am I called to? Children's ministry or missions or youth or it's not that I'm loving, I'm growing, I'm giving, I'm learning, I'm following Christ. My life is about others, it's about serving. And, and so what is my gifting and how do I serve other people the best that I can with that gifting? And so if we can get a revelation that God's destiny for our lives, first of all, it's not individual, it's corporate. Second of all, it's not for us, it's for other people. And thirdly, it's not a destination, it's a journey. I believe that if we understand that, that life after life after life will be changed by the love of God. And so if some of you are here today and you might be excited about that journey and you wanna go on that journey, but you just realize that you don't know Jesus personally. And so if you're here, but you're not a believer and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, today, today's your day. God's drawing people into the kingdom right now. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. But now, because of sin, all of us have been separated from God. But Jesus came and paid the price for your sin with his death on the cross so that you could be free to serve him, free to fulfill your destiny in him, and free to spend eternity with him. And what you need to do is make a decision to follow him today. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, signifying that you would like to pray a prayer with me right there where you are, repenting of your sins and acknowledging that Jesus is the Lord of your life today, starting today and asking the Holy Spirit to come and live big on the inside of you and empower you to be the Christian that the Bible promises you that you can be. Your life can be so much different if God is at the center of it and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And so today is your day. Today's your day to make a decision to follow Christ. You can pray this prayer with me right there where you, where you are. So let's all bow our heads and just pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I thank you that you willingly came And you paid the price for my sin with your death on the cross so that I could be free to serve you, free to spend eternity with you, and free to fulfill my destiny in you. I repent for my sins, and I say starting today, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come and live on the inside of me and empowered me to be the Christian that the Bible promises me that I can be. As I come to church and get involved, 
My life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a hand to our new brothers and sisters. Join us Sunday morning at Living Word Family Church in Wake Forest. Check out our podcasts and sign up for free inspirational clips from Pastor Micah at livingstrongradio.com. That's living spelled with an I-N-G, strongradio.com. We would love to connect with you and pray for you at Living Word Family Church, Wake Forest, where we are building strong families.